morning, everybody. And happy Mother's Day. Boy, if there's ever a well-deserved day, I think it's Mother's Day, <laughs> especially, uh, especially for my mom. Um, I, I was a pretty rebellious child, as I've told you before, so it's a wonder I'm even still alive today, to be quite honest with you. I'll explain more of that here in a little bit. But did you know that uh, Mother's Day is one of the like, most highly attended uh, Sundays of the year for a lot of churches. I just found that out this week. A lot of our area um, discipleship pastors got together, and as as I was listening to them talk, several of them shared it's their one of their biggest Sundays of of the new year besides Easter. Like that is incredible, and it's because moms want to go to church and worship with their kids. So uh, welcome. Welcome. We are so glad that you're here. In fact, if you're just joining us, this is a perfect Sunday for you to be here if you're new um, or if you've been with us through the series. See, a few weeks ago, we started a series on Easter called The Door. And at LCC, this belief that Jesus is the door is the, is the vehicle that drives everything that we do as a church. In fact, uh, Jesus is the door. We believe that, and what we mean when we say Jesus is the door, when you walk into a relationship with Jesus, having that is the single most important decision that you will ever make. It's the main thing. It's the main thing. And we believe that when you step through the door into a relationship with Jesus, it directly affects the way you interact with all the other doors that you will ever experience in life. And we've talked about the door of suffering. We've talked about the door of grief. And today, we're going to talk about another door. And today's door gets us sidetracked often looking away from Jesus. And this is a door called the door of the unexpected. Now, if there's any group of people that knows what the door of the unexpected is like, it's mothers. I can't think, I heard some amens, I can't think of any other group of people that knows what it's like to go through the door of the unexpected as our moms. I mean, just think of all the unexpected things that motherhood brings. Becoming a mother, right? A lot of unexpected things with that, but the, the there's something I saw just this past week. There's this growing movement on social media that I don't think a lot of new mothers really expect. And that's when you get on there and you start becoming friends with all these other moms. There's this growing movement that all these moms are posting like the perfect way to parent. And, and there's become this game of comparison. And you look at their lives, you're like, man, look at their perfect family portrait when yours might actually look like this. Maybe. Maybe. There it is. <laughs> Yours might actually look like that. That's more your reality, trying to be cute and you drop your kid on your head. Um, that's sometimes why I have a little twitch. I think my mom dropped me a couple times, but on purpose. But anyway, um, but not only that, uh, moms go through a lot of unexpected things. Th think about pregnancy, all the unexpected things that can happen during a pregnancy. And there's some that maybe were unexpectedly pregnant. And perhaps didn't even want to be, and maybe if that's you, you've been to life centers here in town. Um, because that wasn't what you were expecting. Maybe it's the reverse, and you've been trying to get pregnant for a really long time, and unexpectedly you can't. There's a lot of unexpected things that can happen when you're trying to start a family, right? 
I think of that as, as your children age. Talk about the unexpected doors you come through as your children age. I'm just going to use my mom as an example. She's not here today, so she'll listen to this this week. She, was, she couldn't believe I was going to tell this story, but I'm going to because she's not here, so she can't smack me in front of all of you. But my mom like, faced a lot of unexpected doors, like the one when I came home and said, hey, mom, I think I'm going to start riding bulls. And she went, no, you're not. I'm like, actually, in two weeks, I already have it set up. I paid my fee. I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> and, and I'm 13, so you can't stop me you know? So, yeah. And, and it took her like four months to even watch me. And then like she freaked out. But and then the one time, the door of the unexpected, I called her that I'd been in an accident. Now I was fine, but the telephone pole wasn't. And that's just a, that's just a phone call you don't expect to get. But there's one that I can think of that's kind of humorous. Um, like I said before, I was a pretty rebellious child. Like I've called my mom on numerous occasions. Like, I'm so sorry that I did this to you. But uh, this was one of them. But my mom, she, she, I think she found babysitters for us as children on Craigslist because she knew they weren't going to stick around for very long because they were going to get tired of us. But our babysitter was asleep again. <laughs> they just wore out. And uh, my sister and I, her name's Shelby, my sister, and I'm, I'm a really great influence on my siblings, um, being the oldest. And I said, Shelby, here's what we need to do. We need to go outside and we need to water mom's flowers, which is a really nice thing to do. So we had the little plastic fire hydrant thing, you know what I'm talking about, with the hose your kids probably had. So we had that. And we're going around watering mom's flowers. And it dawned on me, like, Shelby, mom's got a plant on her nightstand in her bedroom. And it probably doesn't rain in there. So the nice thing would be to go get a cup of water and go inside and pour on it. But like, no, nah, Shelby, go open the door. Here's her, here's her window. Go open the window. So Shelby goes in, opens the window, and I'm like, all right, I can reach it. And I arched the hose, the water, and started trying to hit her plant on the other side of the room. And I'm sitting here doing this. Shelby's like, I want to turn. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right, give it back. And then before we knew it, we're like, her clothes look awful dry. So we're like, let's go over there and do that. And then we're like, man, her bedspread is just really, really dry. I think we need to fix that. I'm not kidding. We left no inch of that room untouched with our water hose. And as we're, the reason this unexpected door thing popped up in my mind with my mom, because as we're doing this, thank you for doing mom a really good favor, she comes home. <laughs> down the driveway, and we're sitting there like, hey, mom, see what we did for you with a hose inside of her bedroom door. Uh, I told you it's a miracle I'm alive and that I'm a preacher, which is weird. Um, so many unexpected doors that moms go through. Whew. But in, in all seriousness, um, moms aren't the only ones that are maybe facing unexpected doors right now. And today, uh, we're actually going to hang out with a guy today uh, from Scripture that many of you know, if you've read any part of the last, the, the, the second half of the Bible, Paul. And what we're going to do today is something just a little different. We're not necessarily going, like, we're going to look at specific texts, but we're going to look at it in reference of Paul, not, not, not the whole letter itself. We're going to do a character study today on the Apostle Paul. And here's why. The Apostle Paul was the poster child of the unexpected. You talk about the things that people deal with that are unexpected, and Paul was your poster child. Even, even people who aren't followers of Jesus, when they hear about Paul, and they see like what Paul went through. They respect him, even if they don't agree with what he says. And they're amazed by him. Because this man who seemed to have had everything, gave it all up to pursue this Jesus guy. 
and, and completely changed the course of history. Like Paul was a part of that. And so many unexpected things happened to him. Just to list a few he was stoned one time, now not in the 21st century college dorm room way, but like with like stones, like throwing him at, like he was almost stoned to death. And, and then not only that, but Paul was, was flogged numerous times. And, and not only that, but in uh, Acts 27, it says that he was bitten by a poisonous snake. Like he didn't die, but come on, seriously. He was beaten with rods, he said three times, as if flogging wasn't enough. And in 2 Corinthians 12... It says that he received a thorn in the flesh, and it caused him to lose sleep. And he was kind of grumpy a lot, and it comes out in his writing. Uh, but, but then he knew in this letter that we're going to read today, he knew what it was like to be on the brink of starvation and to be in prison. Yet, in all this and more, in all this and more, Paul always kept perspective. Paul always kept his thinking on track because he weighed everything, and this will be key to where we're going today, he weighed everything against the main door he walked through, which was into a relationship with a man who rose from the dead. And it changed everything. Now, here's why, here's why the story of Paul matters to you and to me today. All of us, every single one of us, has come to an unexpected door before Something we were not expecting. And all of us will come to one again. And some of you in this room, or maybe you're listening online, and some of you are at one right now. Some of you are at maybe some unexpected marriage trouble. You had no idea he had that addiction. You had no idea she would respond that way when, when you guys got into an argument. You had no clue. It's really unexpected. Maybe, maybe you're here and you see, you've been to a lot of weddings recently. None your own. And I remember being feeling this way when I was starting in ministry. All my friends were getting married. And I thought, unexpectedly, I thought I'd be married by now. And I'm not. And maybe that's you. Maybe you unexpectedly don't have kids when you thought you would. Or maybe they're they're not really living the life that you was hoping, that you were hoping. Maybe it's unexpected death. Maybe it's unexpected um, job loss. Whatever it is, um, if you are dealing with anything unexpected today, this is a really great message for you to be at or or, or listening to later. Um, all of us face unexpected doors. And, and, and you will see, we will see, that all of the stuff that Paul dealt with, all the unexpected things he dealt with, and more, he deals with in light of one main door that we started our series with, in light of a relationship with Jesus. And it changes his perspective on every other door, especially the unexpected. So, all of the stuff that Paul goes through, all of the stuff that you go through, and more. He weighs it all against the door of Jesus. Now, he comes to this realization behind a very unexpected door, prison. Now, hopefully you can learn something from Paul today without having to spend time in prison before you learn this, this truth. But Paul 
is sitting in a dirty and darkened prison cell, what many believe to be Rome. Some think he was under house arrest. Either way, he's, he's chained, and he's sitting in Rome, and he thinks of his friends in a town called Philippi, in a city called Philippi, because these friends have partnered with him from the beginning. In fact, sitting next to him is a man by the name of Epaphroditus, who they sent to, to take a gift to Paul and to be with Paul. And Paul's thinking of them. And, and he's allowed a scribe, which was just someone that came and would listen to you talk and would write, write out what you were saying. So Paul's walking around his prison cell, chained, and, and he's talking, and the scribe is writing, and he's reflecting on his life. And here's what he writes, okay? He thinks of his, his friends in Philippi, and he starts reflecting on his own chains. Now, he knew what his own chains were. For him, they were physical steel on, on his hands, maybe, maybe even his ankles. And he's reflecting on them and where he's at in life. But you know what your chains are, don't you? You know what the unexpected are right now that you're dealing with. So what I'd like you to do is think of what it is that is unexpected in your life, a circumstance in your life that is holding you down, that is chaining you, seems to the ground as we read what Paul says in his opening statement to, to his friends in Philippi. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So here's something pretty amazing about Paul, and it's actually something all of us are capable of, but many of us don't ever do. Paul's mind is seriously amazing. See, here's what he did. Because he rooted everything about him through that relationship with Jesus, what he does is he changes the way he thinks about his unexpected circumstances. That's key. That is so key. It's so, so important. He changes the way he thinks about his chains, which affects how he reacts to his chains. So here's the translation for you today. How you choose to think about the unexpected, how you choose to think about those unexpected doors or circumstances determines how you respond to those chains, those unexpected doors. And when you weigh, when you weigh everything unexpected that happens against that main door, that relationship with Jesus, and if you, if you don't believe in Jesus, this is why I just really think you should, um, but when you weigh everything against that relationship with Jesus, you gain the strength and the courage to do exactly what Paul did. And, here, and you probably have never thought about this, but it's so obvious, that your unexpected circumstance becomes an unexpected blessing for someone else. And that is so, so important because that's exactly what happened for Paul. Your unexpected door, your unexpected circumstance will become an unexpected blessing for someone else. Here's how it worked for Paul. We just read it. But here's how it worked for Paul when he thinks about his chains and he thinks about the unexpected. Here's what happened for Paul, and it can happen for you as well. We just read it. Verse 13, as a result of my chains, of my unexpected, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ because of those chains. Brothers and sisters have become confident all the more and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, come on. That is incredible when we choose 
to think about our unexpected doors in light of this. Our unexpected circumstance becomes an unexpected blessing for someone else. Now, the palace guard, they weren't these sissy soldiers, okay? They were elite soldiers trained to kill, and they knew that this man that that they were chained to or that they guarded, they knew that this man viewed those chains as liberating freedom in the person that he was preaching about. And it blew their stinking minds. They couldn't wrap their their minds around that. Like, how on earth does he do this? Because he chose to think about them in light of a relationship with Jesus. Then, not only that, but the brothers and sisters. (laughs) The brothers and sisters, all the more confident and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. What he's saying is, all these people in Rome that see this, all these people I write to, including you guys in Philippi, become all the more confident to share this good news. Now, how do we know that that actually happened? How do we know? Was Paul just saying that to encourage them, give them like that false sense of hope? How do we know it actually happened? Because history, history proves it. The church spread. It caught like wildfire. Early, early historians write about these first century followers of Jesus and it blows their minds. They talk about how these crazy people who, who talked about someone who rose from the dead and they saw with their eyes, they went to all these other towns when they were told, don't you talk about him? And they said, we can't help but talk about him. And they were put to death. And then some of these other eyewitnesses that saw him, they went and wrote it down. And when the the governing authorities, when people found out they wrote it down, they said, you better burn that stuff or we're going to kill you. And they said, kill us because we're not burning it. And, And they became all the more bold from Paul's story because that unexpected circumstance of being in prison was an unexpected blessing for them. And the church spread so that we could sit here today and hear this story. That is what the power of Jesus does. Now, it can do the same thing for you today. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to change your thinking about your unexpected. You have to. Placing your trust in Jesus that he's going to guide you through those unexpected doors. You may not want to go through it, but you're going to bless a whole lot of people in the process. I'm not a betting man, but I'm willing to bet that a lot of you can think of something unexpected that's happened or that is happening. And when you step back and think about it like this, you can see how that will bless somebody else in the future and even your family now. That's what the power of Jesus does. Now, why do we put so much stock in this whole, like, door of Jesus thing? Like, where's the power in a relationship with Jesus? The power, I'll tell you, the power of a relationship with Jesus is rooted in an event that happened. And it's one that we celebrated just a few weeks ago. That Jesus died, was buried, and three days later, he rose again and appeared to not one, not two, not ten, not twenty, but hundreds of people. And they wrote about it. They wrote about it, and when he, when he rose from the dead, he put a pin in every single promise he ever made to you and I and to all his followers for all time. Promises like this one that his friend Matthew wrote, I will be with you always till the end of the age. When he rose from the dead, he put a pin in every promise he ever said, even for us now. 
Some of you have doors that you're facing that are wrought with worry and anxiety, and you're not so sure you're going to get through it. If you have stepped through that door, if you have stepped through that door, and we mean it walked into a relationship with Jesus, you're going to get through it. You will. It doesn't mean we never go, go come to the doors. It means we go through the doors because we have come through the main door of Jesus. And some of you have these doors you're coming to, these unexpected things that we talked about, that you're wondering how you're going to get through them. And it's because maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus or maybe you placed your trust in him without knowing who you were placing your trust in in the first place. You've got to do some homework. You've got to understand the power that is available to you. Because you will come to these doors. So, what can going through the door of the unexpected actually do? Um, I'll let Paul kind of speak for himself on this. What, what can choosing to reorient our thinking around an event, around the fact that Jesus is for us, what, what can going through that door of Jesus actually do? Well, here's what it can do. It can change our thinking and rewire, literally rewire our brain around one central theme, and that is that Jesus is for us. And here's what it did for Paul. This will blow your mind. He goes on to write. He has a scribe write for him. It's true. It's true some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. Now the latter do so out of love, knowing I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. But the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But here's the key. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Even though, even though, there were people trying to undermine him. And people were trying to disprove who Paul was and that he was this great leader. They didn't like him. It didn't matter because his thinking was rooted in his identity as a son of Jesus, as a son of God. Whoa. <laughs> now, why were they so upset? Why were they so opposed to Paul? We, we don't really know. We can think of some things, but we don't really know. But the whole point is they weren't opposed to Jesus. They didn't like Paul, that's for sure, but they loved Jesus. And according to Paul, as long as Christ is preached, I don't care what they think about me. If he were here today, say, you know what? As long as Christ is preached, it doesn't matter what your preference is. It doesn't matter what color the seats are or the walls are. It doesn't matter as long as Jesus is number one. That's a sermon for a different day, right? The unexpected doors, the unexpected doors that we go through, the unexpected, every one of them will be viewed differently when you step through that door in a relationship with Jesus. Every single one of them. When Jesus stays the main thing. Now, I, I'm, I, I'm no carpenter, um, but I believe in a resurrected carpenter, and I know a little something about doors. Doors are typically meant to open, um, especially the door of a house, one way. It's a forward-facing door. And the door of Jesus is not a revolving door in a mall. It's not a door that just swings back and forth. It's a door that is forward-facing. And when you go through that door, you keep going. There's no time to look back 
and to think about what was or what's happening now, but it's going forward. You live life on purpose. It changes your perspective on the past. It changes your perspective on the present, and you move forward. You know, Paul, when he writes, he uses words, especially in verse uh, 25 of this first chapter in Philippians. He uses a word in the Greek. It's called prokopen. I don't speak Greek, um, but I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. But what it means is progress in the faith, progress in the faith. It means that pushing God's kingdom forward rather than dwelling on the past. And what we have to do as believers in Jesus, and I hope that you get this, as believers in Jesus, we have got to move forward. We have got to move forward in our thinking. We have got to move forward in our faith and stop looking back on what? was but look forward to what is our reality and to share that with other people we have got to move forward and when you do you take this powerful gospel message into your community at work where you live your church your family how you choose to view your circumstances determines how you respond to those circumstances That's what you get when you study the character of Paul. When you weigh everything unexpected against Jesus, you gain the strength and the courage to do what? To react in a way that your unexpected circumstance becomes an unexpected blessing for someone else. And that is incredible. When you weigh everything against the fact that Jesus is for you, it changes the world like it did Right after Jesus went up in the heaven and his followers told other people what they had seen and who they had been with. And that continues today, even now. So, what can you do? What can you do? What can we do? We can get to work. We can get to work. We can change our thinking. And we can stop dwelling on the past. And most people in Paul's situation would have played the poor me card. And some of us maybe have done that this week. But we can stop doing that. And we can move forward. Because, you know, what you get from studying the character of Paul is that every single thing that happened to him, he had a completely different train of thought than is normal for us. But all of us can get there. Everything that happened to him, whatever circumstance he found himself in, unexpected or not, he thought about this. How can God use this to push his message forward? How can God use my circumstance to push the kingdom forward? Now, come on. Where are you at? You, you may be upset about a circumstance, about an unexpected door, and you may be like, God, I'm not happy about it. You can tell him you're not happy about it, but how are you going to use it? Where are you going to take me? How are you going to use this unexpected to bring hope and peace and restoration to somebody else? And you get to be a part of that to bring the gospel to other people. Now, what is the gospel? When we say, what is the gospel, what's that even mean? What can our unexpected doors share with people? If you're a follower of Jesus in the room, here's the story we tell. It can share with people that everything unexpected is weighed against this. And an almighty God, the creator, would leave heaven and dwell among his creation, would leave his throne and come. But not only that, but he would take on every sin Every worry, 
everything that separates his creation from himself. And he would take it all on. And then, this is the crazy part, the creation would kill the creator. And he would let it happen. In three days, three days, that's all it took. A door opened that changed the course of the world for eternity. When the creator walked right out of that grave. For you and for me. And for every single person who would say, I will walk through that door. For all time. Our unexpected doors can share with people that God cares. He knows you. He loves you, and he's ready for you to come alongside. Go through it. When we change our thinking, we reroute it around the resurrected Jesus. Whoo, all of life's unexpected. Suddenly becomes an opportunity for us to take that message to the world. It changes the way we view things. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. And, and the reason I know is because I... And typically on this side. That may have worked for Paul. But I'm not Paul. That may work for you. But that may work for Christians or this church. But that won't work for me. That's just covering. That's just being all optimistic. That's just like everything's going to be fine because of Jesus. That's not what this is. This isn't Band-Aid theology. It's not like just, just name it and claim it. That's not what this is about. No. Here, here's what happens. This isn't just saying, oh, that door, yeah, I'm not going through that one. No, it is going through that door into the unexpected because you know that you have someone by your side. Here's why this worked for Paul and why it can work for you. Because he knew a secret. That Jesus already went through every unexpected door he could ever go through. And Jesus wasn't sitting back going, good luck. He's right there beside him going, let's go. Right through the door with him. And that same invitation is available to every single person who hears these words right now. It's available. Now, both Jesus himself, Jesus walks through the door with Paul living inside of him, but also, and this is key, and I don't want you to miss this, with other people. Now, I'm going to say a term that some, because we say it so often, might be tired of hearing it. But if you're tired of hearing this term, we need to talk because it just means you don't understand this term. Life group, small group, whatever churches call them. But we call it life groups. And here's the reason a life group is so important to what we do. Because you are going through the door with other people. You are with other people. And you are doing life with other people. That is why there is power in a group of folks who believe in Jesus. Who are going to take that message to the world. Living life, doing life with one another. It's so, so important. Now. I want to go back to moms for a minute. Man, the reason that I, I wanted to talk about moms isn't just because it's Mother's Day. It just worked out perfectly. Because mothers walk through so and fathers too, but mothers walk through so many doors that are unexpected in life. Now, what makes a parent, what makes a mom successful? What makes a mom, like, be able to look back and go, that... Yeah, we did that right. Is it if their kids grow up and become preachers? My mom will tell you, nope, that's not the measure of success. It's not it. No. 
Here's what makes a mom successful that I see. When they walk through the doors of the unexpected with their children. They walk through the door together with them. They walk through the unexpected. So, because we passed through the door of Jesus, we can now face all of the unexpected. That unexpected result from your blood work that you really weren't counting on (laughs) scares you a little bit. You can walk through with Jesus and with other people. That unexpected marriage trouble, you can walk through it. The unexpected loss of someone near and dear to you, walk through. Everything, every unexpected door you can walk through. Mothers, help their kids pass through every unexpected door. Because as you parents know, and my mom always reminded me of this, you've already been through that door. And you can walk your kids through it. And you do. Even if they don't really want you to. You do. Because that's what love does. Walks through the door with people. Into the unknown. Jesus has already walked through the door for you. He has already been through that unexpected that you are facing right now. And he's ready to lead you through it. You will face more unexpected doors. For you who believe in Jesus, I hope you lean on that truth. I hope you lean on the truth and take a lesson from Mother's Day that you walk through the door with other people as others walk through it with you. If you don't know Jesus, if you're like, I don't really know, I I do have a step for you. I thought, let me just give one thing. If you don't know, or or maybe you've been in church for a long time and just you hear some things, like, I just don't really know if I really understand, or I just want to know what my next steps are. Maybe you're new to church, doesn't matter, but we have one environment that we have created where it's a safe place that's a lot less busy than in here where you can ask those questions. And if you don't believe in Jesus, I want you to go to the pathway. Just write down the pathway. And all you've got to do is when you come in church Sunday morning, ask one of the greeters, or you can ask myself if you see me, that, hey, take me to the pathway. It's the second service, 1030 hour, first through fourth Sundays. And you'll know... You'll get your, answer, your questions answered by friendly, loving people and even plugged into your next steps. How you choose, how we choose to view our circumstance, our unexpected doors determines how we respond to them. Let's be proactive in how we respond and not just reactive to how we respond. For you to sit down, and I just want to end with a powerful illustration that, that I thought of this week that really just spe- speaks a lot of truth into my life. But as you study the character of Paul, you notice that Paul and everything that happened to him, unexpected, good, whatever, he always wanted to lend his strength to other people and propel other people forward. He didn't really want the eyes on himself. If he used himself, it was taken lesson from me and, and, and do this. He lend, lent his strength to other people. And he was always asking, how is this going to propel the kingdom forward? And, and I thought of this illustration this week. But all the unexpected doors that you go through, the blood work that you weren't really expecting coming back that way, or the x-rays that you weren't expecting coming back that way, um, the marriage trouble that you're having, um, the, the infertility, whatever it is, all of those unexpected things that you're dealing with right now. You're staring at this door, and I want you to picture this. You're staring at this door, and it's unexpected, and maybe even a little bit unknown, and I want you to look to your right or to your left, and Jesus is there. I want you just to picture him there, and he's staring at the door with you. And he, he leans over, and, and he says, um, 
this door, I've, I've, I've already been through it. I've been through it. It's hard. It really is. I can't lie to you. It's hard. But um, because I've been through it and because you've been through my door, I'm going to go through it with you. And I want you just to picture this. But he reaches out his hand and he looks at you and he says, come on. Let's go. That's what I want for your life. And that's what he wants for your life. Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this truth. Thank you for your power that you've been through every door we will ever face. And God, I ask that you will guide us, continue to guide us. We're so, so thankful. We're so, so grateful. And it's in your name we pray, Father. Amen.